You're listening to the Word of Hope, sermons preached at Hope Lutheran Church in Aurora, Colorado. Today's preacher is Pastor Brian Flammy. In the name of Jesus, amen. The devil is always trying to trick us into thinking that we have less than what we actually possess. The devil loves it when we try to take stock of our possessions, to check on our bank account again and again and again, to look at our house, to look at our car, and then to despair of what we don't have. And in this way, he would have us forego generosity. Giving, which is letting go of our stuff with no strings attached, the devil tells us is for people who are philanthropists, the millionaires, the billionaires, not common people like you and me. And so the devil would tell us that the food pantry must get along without our donations, and the church must go without my tithe, because I have to look out for myself first, and especially to look out for those things in my life that I don't have. St. John writes, If anyone has the world's goods and sees his brother in need, yet closes his heart against him, how does God's love abide in him? St. John is asking, how can such a man be called a Christian? Now, this is the question for you. Do you have the world's goods? Like I said, the devil tries to get you to notice what you don't have right now. And he wants you to think about the future and what you might not have then. But this trick... This trick keeps our eyes always on nothing and our hearts full of fear. It's a kind of teaching that tells you to lie to yourself about what you actually have. The truth of the matter is, by any measure of wealth, using this trick, You'll always insist on your poverty. Now today in the gospel lesson, Jesus tells you that you are rich with the world's goods. Even if you must live paycheck to paycheck, Jesus is teaching you not to be afraid. Jesus doesn't want you to look at what you lack, nor does he want you to fear the future which belongs in God's hands and over which you have no control. Rather, Jesus wants you to see him feeding the crowds so that you may believe that he gives you your daily bread. Now, you and I, according to the weakness of our flesh and the corruption of our nature, we know well this feeling of not having enough. The disciples had this feeling too. Now, especially if you're meditating on what you don't have, There's a special anxiety that overcomes you when somebody comes up to you and asks for something. You get this feeling of dread, right? Now, imagine that multiplied by 5,000, and you will start to begin to understand how the disciples felt as they saw the crowd coming up the grassy mountain to Jesus. Jesus even makes it worse for the disciples because he asks Philip to test him. Where are we going to buy bread so that these people may eat? 
He forces the issue. Of course, Jesus already knows what he's going to do. But in that moment, when the Lord is testing Philip, he only had eyes for what they didn't have. And so he says, 200 denarii worth of bread would not be enough for each of them to get a little. Now, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, does a little bit better because he brings forth a little boy and says, hey, look, he has five barley loaves and two fish. But then he adds this. What are they for so many? The disciples, according to the weakness of their flesh, according to their lack of faith, they could only see a lack of money or a lack of food. Neither of these men knew just how rich they were. But Jesus shows them. He takes the bread, what they have. He takes the fish, something that they have. And he multiplies. He gives. And the people eat. And they are full. They fill up 12 baskets to the brim with the leftovers. Think about that. When the disciples were thinking of the 5,000 and their hunger, they were thinking of a world without Jesus. But Jesus shows us what this world is when he looks upon us in mercy and gives to us. Jesus shows us a world that is filled with bread and fish. It is filled with food and drink, clothing and shoes, house, home, land, animals, money, goods. You remember your catechism. The crowd ate. And they began to understand. And so they said, this is indeed the prophet who is coming into the world. Moses spoke for God. And he said, hey, look, God is going to give you bread from heaven. Manna. It's going to cover the ground. You will go and gather it up. But look at Jesus. He's even better than Moses. Moses pointed to the Lord who would give. But Jesus is the giver. He is the source. He not only provides, he is the provider. And so the crowd rushed to Jesus, but not in the way that Jesus wanted. You see, they rushed to Jesus so that they could put their hands on him, to grab him, to bind him. The text says to make him king, <laughs> but a king after their own desires. This is not how Jesus wants to give daily bread. He is not the goose that lays golden eggs, and he is not a bread dispensary. But the devil wants these people to take Jesus by force, to bind him, so that their bread giver would never leave their sight, so that they could control him, so that they could always point to the house in which they had put him and say, well, I'm going to go there to get my bread. When the crowd finally catches up with Jesus on the other side of the Sea of Tiberias or the Sea of Galilee, Jesus rebukes them. And he says, Do not labor for the food that perishes, but for the food that endures to eternal life, which the Son of Man will give you. The crowd got their bread from Jesus, their daily bread. And the Lord taught them that he gives generously, to the good and also to the evil. 
By feeding the 5,000, Jesus teaches that he is the source not just for one meal, but for every meal that has been eaten by human beings from the beginning to the end of the world. Now, when the crowds receive this bread, they begin to understand this, but they don't believe it, which is why they have to have Jesus under their thumb. The word of God and his promises, which is the way in which God desires to come to men, it's not enough for them, not yet. Jesus told them that they didn't yet desire the heavenly bread of his own word, which can only be grasped in faith, by which they can live eternally. This is what Martin Luther, of course, is getting at in your catechism on the fourth petition. He says, God certainly gives daily bread to everyone, even without our prayers, even to all evil people. But we pray in this petition that God would lead us to realize this and to receive our daily bread with thanksgiving. That is, that we would receive our daily bread with faith. That's how Jesus wants to be bound. Not chained up in a bread warehouse. But he wants to be bound by faith in his promise. Faith that clings to Jesus in prayer. That's why we pray, give us this day our daily bread. So that we can run to Jesus. Not to lay hands on him. Not to put him under our control. But so that we could cling to him in faith. Knowing exactly who he is. Not just as a bread giver, but also as our Savior as the one who shed his blood so that we may be redeemed. The man who prays this petition in faith doesn't look at what's missing in his life so that he can begin to worry. Instead, he only has ears for Jesus' promise. And he only then begins to have eyes for his daily bread that the Lord has given him faithfully every single day of his life. This man, this Christian, is rich. He feasts on Christ's word by faith. And then he feasts on his daily bread, not with anxiety, but in thanksgiving. This man has everything, even eternal life. Because he has the word that gives him the forgiveness of sins, everlasting life, and promises that he will never be left or forsaken by his Lord. Now, how can such a man not be generous? As Christians, as heirs of promise, how should we respond to our brother in need? How do we learn to become generous? We listen to Jesus. And we learn to pray. Give us this day our daily bread. We don't pray this petition with despair or with doubt. But we pray it knowing that our Lord has given us our daily bread and he will give us our daily bread. When Jesus comes to us to put us to the test, just as he put, just as he put Philip to the test, and he says, where are you going to find all the goods to provide for so many people in need? You are going to tell your Lord in prayer, Lord, you know. You are the one who gives daily bread. You are the one who gives me every good of, that takes care of my body. 
And so grant me faith, and so grant me faith, so that I can believe this. And use my hands, just as you use the hands of the disciples, to provide for my neighbor. And so I implore you, dear saints, don't be afraid. Be generous. Because our life on this world is too short to be caught up by the devil's anxieties. Go to where the word is preached and cling to it. Because as St. Paul writes, if God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son but gave him up for us all, how will we not also with him graciously give us all things? The Lord grant that we believe this. Amen. May the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus unto life everlasting. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Word of Hope. We hope your time with us was one of joy and peace in hearing the Lord's Word and kindness. If you have questions about anything you heard on today's broadcast, please don't hesitate to contact us at office at hope-aurora.org or call the office at 303-364-7416. For more information about our congregation, for locations, service time, and schedule, please visit our website at www.hope-aurora.org. Thank you for listening to The Word of Hope.